on last week's Irrevelations. God, don't you remember? Like, I was a pretty good servant all these years and, like, did what you said most of the time. It's just a mopey piece of shit. For you, even though you weren't perfect or really worthy of a miracle, I'm going to give you the weakest f- miracle I can. Well, Hezekiah still gets the good end of the deal because he gets a, a sign, a, a miracle, and gets miraculously healed. And what does God get in return? Some dumb ass home hezekiah shows him around he's like yeah these are my trophies this is my ark of the covenant don't touch it isaiah says all right well i want you to hear something from the lord right now and by the way you know your kids he's like yeah what about him? he's like some of them he's gonna f- take them too he's gonna <laughs> chop off their f- balls they're gonna be justice in his court and hezekiah <laughs> goes nice <laughs> Before we turn to the word, I would like to say that I can't be a big blessing to people if I'm poor and broke and depressed and I don't feel good about myself. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness. I believe in a literal burning Bible hell just as strongly as I believe in a beautiful heaven. No, no, no. Not God bless America. The Bible means a lot to me, but I don't want to get into specifics. Pray this simple prayer. Lord, speak to me. We, we were doing a kitchen remodel. And, um, places why, would you let, why would you let people over? It's COVID. There's a pandemic. <laughs> Not anymore. Um, true, 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 true. But true, yeah, true, so we clean. But the, the one thing my wife wanted me to get rid of was my recording chair, which is this ancient armchair that my... like. Like extremely old neighbor just gave me, yeah. and I assumed that like someone had died in it or something. But anyway, it's a really nice chair. He gave it to me. He's a nice fellow. But um, it like just takes up a lot of space, and there's no reason for it except to use Record. while I'm recording, so it doesn't squeak all over the fucking audio. Here's what you do: you get rid of that stupid fucking computer chair. Right. You get rid of the stupid fucking recording chair. Uh huh. Get one of these bad boys. What is it? What do you have? It's a, I'm sitting in a wheelchair. Oh. It's the best of both worlds. Uh, I don't know if you... Well, so what do I got to do to get one? I think you could steal one from literally any hospital. <laughs> I am... Um, I'm not sure if this is a HIPAA violation. Uh-oh. Let's uh, do it. You know, is it about that one time with the wheelchair? It is It is about a guy in a wheelchair who is lo- pseudo-famous here in this town, or was. Oh, I, I think he were- died. <laughs> is it a... I thought it was going to be about the guy, or the lady with the wheelchair. Oh, that was a stretcher. That was a stretcher, yeah. I've, okay, I mean, I've got a lot of extremely <laughs> defamatory stories about my time as an EMT. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, uh, no, it was a guy who, I'm trying to remember, I guess I just won't name him. Or I'll give him a fake name that is so close to his real name that it could be, but it's more like, you know, like I'll call himself Ronald Drumpf, you know, and you'll, yeah. you won't know who I'm talking about. You're not an EMT anymore, so yeah, you I guess I'm not liable. Uh, once you once you retire, you can say whatever the You're fuck fine. you want. Be like that guy yeah. has AIDS. I know him. I see him at the street. I hey, tell everybody. Ask Warner Von Braun. All you right. Know? So there was a guy named we'll call him Stinky or we'll call him Smelly because his actual name include the word Stinky. I'll give you that much. It's, it's like Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm just going to give you a little piece <laughs> of his name. His name okay. was Smelly. Robert. We'll say Smelly Bob. Smelly Bob. That's what his name was. Was it actually Stinky Dick? <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't uh, it, no, it was a name. Oh, that's I, he had a name, but yeah, we called him 
something. Yeah. Anyway, Smelly Bob was a guy who lived downtown or something. I mean, as much as homeless people can live anywhere. Uh, and he was in a wheelchair, Everywhere. but he could walk. And okay. more importantly, he would use that wheelchair like a toilet and just live in it. Just be sitting in there. And he would, like, roll himself up through downtown and people would see him and be like, oh, my God, someone help that man. What smells like eight-day-old shit compiled? And it was eight-day-old shit. You know, eight exponential shit or, uh, yeah. or eight factorial shit. I'm sure some math nerds are going to really love that one. But, um, but, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so he just reeked of shit. I mean, it was offensive. You could smell him 20, 30 feet away. It was it was like someone had taken 18 porta potties and, like, piled them in into a compacted area and then filled his pants with it. Like, okay. he'd been shitting so much that it started to, like, seep out of his sweatpants. It was... It was horrendous. Yeah. It was some fucking... We've been there. We've all been there. We've all been there. <laughs> um, but the pro- the point is, is that he was also a rude dick. I mean, obviously, someone like that doesn't have a lot going on. You know, they're, they're probably, they probably don't have a shining personality to go along with it. So he yeah. would just be, he'd just be downtown, like, yelling obscenities at people and, like, insulting people's wives and shit. And um, thankfully, Will Smith wasn't there. But, uh, yeah. although, well... I don't know how much I information. In. I should jump in real quick and just warn the uh, the audience that there is a thunderstorm going on in my uh, oh, desk. Right. Is right up next to a window, so hopefully, like we get some really good thunder interruptions, though, like in a, a good proper it, moment. It's going to be like a like a nineteen twenties radio murder serial. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, ah. I absolutely am not going to like go through and try and cut out like rain and thunder sounds fuck off but this is why i don't respect firefighters so anyway this is a long tangent (laughs) why i don't respect any of the troops and or firefighters and the police uh but um he would just be a rat dick to people and they'd be like oh my god get help for him call 911 so we as the emts in the fire department we would get a call and oh fuck it's this guy it's smelly bob you know and like you can't just leave him there even though he's not really in distress it's kind of where you know things get a little bit murky because he doesn't want to go to the hospital. Uh, he is of relatively sound mind. He knows where he is. He's just an asshole. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't have any medical issues. You know, there's no reason. Uh, certainly, we don't have any legal jurisdiction to just remove. It's not like he's an unconscious guy drowning in blood that we have to get off the street because we don't know what's going on. Right. Yeah. But we're the bum a- fights guys when you need him. That's all yeah, I'm wondering. Yeah, yeah. But the, the, but anytime you would see him, the firefighters would be like, well, he if we don't pull him off the streets, we're just going to keep getting calls, and I don't feel like dealing with this guy all day long. So we're just going to manhandle him, drag him off the street, and throw him in the back of an ambulance. And I've seen him get punched more than once in this process. But okay. part of it was also, like, his wheelchair. And, like, they'd be like, well, do we take it? or do-? More than once, we just left it where we found it. Like, we're like, okay, we're just taking a, a man in the wheelchair, and we're just taking just the man. And we're just going to yeah, throw yeah. this wheelchair into a dumpster yeah. nearby or over <laughs> a fence into the train yard or something. Because he like didn't that. need it, right? He didn't really need it, but they would be like, yeah, but again, we're a bunch of adults with jobs. Here is a homeless yeah. man living in a toilet that wheels around with him. That's all his possessions. All of his possessions <laughs> are on that chair with him, and they are all covered in shit. It's not yeah. really someone we need to be like, what up, Smelly Bob, you little pussy? Why are you in that wheelchair? Punch, punch. You know, like it was horrific. It was a horrific yeah. treatment of a horrific person who smelled like shit. It was um, one of the sad realities of existence. Apparently, 
he would reach into his sweatpants, grab handfuls of shit, and fling them like a chimpanzee. So, I don't know. Could have happened to a better person. You know what he needed? Mm. The love of a child. (laughs) (laughs) If I had ever seen Smelly Bob, uh, trademark, uh, with a child, that's when we just don't even bring him to the hospital. We just kind of... uh, Just finish him off. It's like the ending of um, Cool Hand Luke. (laughs) 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 We just stop at every stop sign until he's dead. Um, I'll do it. But... Yeah, if I if I, I would want, give him my, well, I would said, love my kid hanging said, out with him. You said free wheelchair. I'm just thinking about all the free wheelchairs I've just left covered in human shit, uh, you know, in the train yeah. yards. Or well, go find one. They're out there, and yeah. it can be your computer share. Yeah, I think Make he's Missy dead now. I haven't seen him in a long time. Okay, uh, well, there's an idea for a side series podcast. We, we just find him, dump him down. <laughs> we just do. We just we just find him, dump him down, grab his wheelchair, and run. People are like, what are you doing? I'm like, he's an asshole. <laughs> yeah. No, we should uh, we should elevate this guy. Mm. Mm. We should. We uh, should. Um, what did you want to talk Man, I was going to try and do a transition there, but we obviously have more that we want to talk about. Yeah, we don't have anything to talk about. Um, well, okay. So, let's we got we got two more topics, I guess, like that, yeah. we, that we thought about. Uh, I mean, I, it's, it's not like we're pulling the scene, but sometimes I just have some shit grants on when I want to talk about it. But um, a birth control pill for men could start human oh. trials this year. Did you Finally, see that? something I, that's not Chris Rock and Will Smith. I sent you the uh, article, but since you don't even read the fucking Bible that we're supposed to be talking about, I assume you didn't read the article either. Look, I've already read this whole Bible. You're the movie, okay? I come in here. Yeah. My favorite Bible verse is actually in di- in this week's episode. Oh, all right. So, well, fuck me. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Um, okay. Oh, did you read the article? Did I read it? Of course not. I already know about the one, the one where they put like rubber cement in your penis. And it catches. Well, it's not that. It's called like I forget, but it's only in India. They haven't approved it in America yet. Uh, no, I didn't see. I mean, I, I if you say rubber cement in your cock, I'm I'm pretty confident I can deduce what the primary well, means like, of action is. No, it's not. But the thing is that it's like a special type of barrier that lets it like decommissions the semen as they come through, huh. or something. But they just go in. Like there's like a very small. It's way simpler than like a uh, than a vasectomy. vasectomy, yeah. And it's more reversible too, or whatever. Mm. But anyways, easier to reverse. I always thought that was kind uh, of like a funny thing about vasectomies. It's like, well, yeah, well, you still want to have like all the disgusting, nasty, fucking cum to spray over people's tits. You just yeah. want it to be like you know useless. Yes. Right. That's the most fun part about it. Yeah. Because otherwise, guys could be faking it, and girls wouldn't know. <laughs> It seems to me it's like, yeah, yeah, we're going to give you a uh, hysterectomy, but we're, you're going to keep having periods. We want that to keep happening. <laughs> that part happens. The eggs are useless, but we want you to keep having the eggs drop and fucking yeah, yeah. bleed all over the um, place. Okay, so apparently there's a pill now. How, what's the basis of it? You can I don't just fucking tell know. Me. I didn't read an article either. Oh, it well, it's, you. It's, <laughs> well, it's irrelevant to the conversation because I don't really care about like what the scientific i don't give a shit about like what the actual means of if it if it goes in and it irradiates your junk or if it just like reduces your calcium levels such that the sperm can't swim good no more or whatever okay. i don't whatever i don't care okay this says that it's 99 percent effective pill in mice right you should see my my my, my loads are like the side of a mouse <laughs> So how's it gonna stop me? You could put one. You my balls each could hold one mouse. So I ain't worried my, about the little tiny mouse balls. That can't be useful data. 
my individual semen have mm-hmm. been mistaken for mice. <laughs> you just bust a load and it's just like crawled it looks, the door. It looks like, like Willard. It looks like it's shot from Willard. He's <laughs> like, why is it so fucking hairy? Dude, imagine. <laughs> okay, uh, so I'm reading more. It's a non-hormonal male contraceptive that effectively prevents pregnancy in mice without any obvious side effects. Hell yeah, that's cool. I like that. Yeah. I mean, even if it worked 100%, like you take a pill, like let's say it's a miracle science. You take one pill once, and then there's another magic pill that when you're ready to have kids or whatever, you take it again, you know? Yeah. And uh, even if that were the case, right? Like, let's talk about what the societal impacts. I saw a lot of, um, obviously, I lurk on female dating strategy. It's one of my favorite uh, subreddits. Um, But I saw a lot of mixed reviews over, like, whether or not men would take it and what the dating scene would be like if it existed. Like, for you know, already men are like, I don't want to wear the condom. It doesn't help. Blah, 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 blah. Don't you trust me? But if the guy was like, also, I'm on the pill, you know, like. Yeah, but guys would, want to, guys would want to be on the pill. Guys like, would want to be on the pill, but that doesn't mean that guys will be on the pill. I think we would. I think bros would commit. Listen, okay. condoms suck, right? Obviously, sure. they're awful. I wouldn't know, but yes. They're awful. I've only used the one. Even, okay, I'm just going to say, I've barely ever used one, but I have before. Okay. And uh, <laughs> I don't need to go into that. No, no, Regardless, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's embarrass <laughs> well, I'm you. Just gonna say, I'm going to say, even with strangers, let's, I have not worn them before. Oh, God. I was going to say, let's <laughs> scandalize your wife, but sure. Let's, no, no, no. Uh, the point let's is. Let's drag a hooker from Dubai into the mix. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> anyway, a, a sex slave that was bought off yeah, from yeah, Russia yeah. on a submarine. Yeah, I, whatever. Yeah, okay. <laughs> For Red October 2. Mm. Um, so, even uh, with that said, there's a very good reason for men not to wear them, mm. right? Because they suck. Sure. On the other hand, men love the idea of not having children on accident, at least, right? I would imagine. That's my my take. Like, to be able to do away with the worry of getting that phone call a fucking couple months down the line? Yeah. Come on. That's I, huge. I, I'm not worried about the majority of men ever. Like, the majority of men probably fucking... Well, I don't know if I say majority. I don't know. Men are pretty scum, but... Let, let, I'm going to assume, for argument's sake, that the majority of men are not scumbags that are trying to stealth on women, you know, or or are just trying to bust in as many women as possible. But there's plenty of dudes that are just fucking crazy reckless, right? Yeah, yeah. Or where recklessness is the point, you know? Yeah. Like, I can't get hard unless I'm thinking about a single mom who I gave a fake number to and a a, a, a name for my neighbor who's been dead for two years, you know? Like, I can't... Unless I'm, unless I'm actively trying to make the world a worse place by impregnating women whom I have deceived, then I'm not getting off anymore, you know? Yeah, that's fair. Like a breeding, a breeding fantasy. Or, yeah, I mean, there's uh, plenty of that to the point where, and on top of that, men are. Men are so lazy. the question being, would this make it easier for men to not wear condoms? I, I feel like this is going to be. I, I feel like men care less about STDs and the spread of disease than they do about accidentally impregnating someone that could yeah. tie back to them. Just that specific scenario: yeah. accidentally impregnating someone who might know them. 
you know, or be able to track yeah. them down and default. Because having a child just takes from you and takes from you. Having yeah. AIDS, you get to share that with everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you just cut yourself in the bathroom at the local yeah. discotheque, and you're just you're just you're just like a vampire sprinkling it into people's <laughs> drinks. <Yeah. laughs> I don't know if that's how you get it. Just, but, I'm uh, just going up and putting it into the sprinkler water supply, and then starting a fire. <laughs> what, I, what I do, what I do is I cover my fingers in my own blood, and then I find yeah. people who are passed out, and I fish hook them. <laughs> I don't think that would work. You'd have to like put it in their eyes. All right, whatever. Their eyeballs. I'm just <laughs> thumbing them in the fucking... Well, if, if anyone listening wants to do something like this, I'm making sure that they have the tools. Yeah, 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 yeah. Place. I'm not saying you should... I absolutely do not advocate it. But what I don't do is get my AIDS-infected thumb covered in my own blood and then enema people when they're not looking. Yeah, you know? correct. That's 100% what do I that. don't do. I would never do that. Yeah. I don't even have thumbs. So, Plus, how The man would doesn't I? have thumbs. How would I? That's... Now I, I know why you're I. so bad at COD. Hmm. Ooh. Okay. Uh, it's going to be one of those kind of days. Huh. I like that I was more okay with just pretending that I had AIDS and was giving it to random strangers than what you've just fucking said. <laughs> you say you're bad at video games? Slandering me. I know. It's not true. Um, do we want to talk about Chris Rock and Will Smith? Yeah. Or not. That's what we want okay. to cover. We want to cover. I mean, everyone has been covering it, and I don't know how much we can add to it. I, I, I saw such a wide gamut of discussion on the matter. Um, and I don't know. When it happened, I was rife with thought. Um, have you ever seen Boardwalk Empire? Some of it. Enough to, like, be dangerous. Uh, okay. Well, there's this scene in, like... I don't know, the third season or whatever. Do you remember the guy with the fucking scar on his face who was like a pretty good actor who was in The Wire? Yeah, yeah, Michael really... Shannon. What? Oh, wait, no. Not Michael Shannon, thought... no. The black guy with the scar on his face who was oh, uh, yeah, yeah, Omar yeah. in uh, The Wire. Yeah, he just died. But yeah. yeah, he just died. Great actor, but, you know, only so many roles that will let you, that they'll let you take when you, your face has been cut in half. Yeah. Um, but great actor. Anyway, there's a season where he owns a bar like he's up and coming like he's like yeah i'm finally on top i did dirty bullshit for a bunch of crazy white people for years and now yeah now i finally have a bar um where i'm gonna do things the black way um sure anyway he has this like buddy of his or bodyguard or hired muscle who's like this giant black dude and one of the side plots is that a woman comes up to him and seduces him so the giant black guy's like, all right, all right, cool, let's let's roll with this. She's like, come to my room, big guy. And they start having sex. And then Naturally. in the middle of sex, her husband comes in the room, and he's like, what's all this? And she's like, he raped me, he raped me. And he's like, oh, what the fuck? And the, guy goes, and pull, the white guy pulls out a gun and says, oh, yeah? You're going to rape my wife? Well, then go on, man. Continue. So the black guy is coerced at the threat of violence to continue having sex yeah. by the white guy. And then the white guy, it turns out, is super turned on by it and starts masturbating. Nice. And then the climax to the scene is while the other guy's about to come and the woman's about to come, he grabs like an ashtray and kills them both. <laughs> you know? and the black guy does? Yeah, the black guy turns the tables. But anyway, the whole point was like, he, had, he you know, he's just out there for a good time. These white people are ensnaring him because they simultaneously fear are repulsed and also admire and respect, you know, like, oh, I want a big black guy to fuck me. Well, I can't admit to those feelings 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to bury so you them. Have in this the, whole charade they play. I'm going to bury them in the need to dominate this person. Blah 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 blah. I think that like happened that in scene the show a lot. It happened in the show Rescue Me, except it was all white people. Oh, what are they like? But the same thing. Like because like, there's a firefighter. It was a young firefighter and like this like cougar of a woman. Oh. He saved her and her husband, and then she like seduces him, and then he comes home and like is chasing him with a bat. But then he's like, "No, keep doing it." It was like a, it sounds like a very similar. Uh, thing. Well, you know that that whole dichotomy. Anyway, I don't yeah. know. Maybe I'm looking too much into the scene, but it, it spoke to me a lot about like maybe how black people are treated, media, and that kind of thing. Where it's like, yes, we respect you, or we like you, or we admire yeah. you. We like black culture. We like rap. We like the culture. But we also feel deeply insecure about it, so there's like this weird need to like contain, emasculate, and denigrate you. Um, yeah. I'm gonna get to Will Smith eventually, but like Eddie Murphy was talking about it, how like there would be a constant fight where for some reason SNL wants every black actor to wear a wig. Like it's just like a weird thing where they're like, yeah, well, also we need a chick. Uh, uh, you there. You there, Chris Rock, put on a wig. And he's like, all right. And it was just a constant thing. We're like, yeah, we got to get the, you know, it'd be funny. Black people in wigs, big black guy, but in a wig, he's a woman. Yeah. Make him, make him trance, make him wear a dress, you know? All um, right. Now you're talking about kind of like, that kind of like, I don't know, let's deliberately put them in a position we know they don't like to exert our power over them in an effort to like, I don't know, okay. make ourselves feel better. Sure. Whatever. Also, so tie it now into this. Thing. Also in the mix is Chris Rock had a documentary about the struggles that black women have regarding their hair. Did you ever see it? No, I've heard, I heard that though. I saw it, and it was I'm like it's not professional looking and stuff like that. Well, there's that. Uh, I, I guess part of that, and, and maybe that's how I tied in my mind, was the idea that black women, especially. Black women and Al Sharpton have a distinct uh, cultural need as part of the environment that America is for Western ideals to, like, make their hair look like white women's hair. You know, okay. silky, yeah, yeah, thin, yeah. you know, whatever. Uh, but the lengths that they'll go to do it uh, with their perms – not perms. What is that shit that they do? Um, they mentioned the documentary. It's like some kind of, like, basic chemical. Like, it's sodium hydroxide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it basically destroys the hair so much that they can then straighten it. Yeah. But as a result of putting it directly on your skin for long periods of time, it actually increases baldness over time. Alopecia, especially in women. Yeah. So kind of this odd dichotomy of black women are essentially coerced to look like white women such to the point that they will make themselves go bald just to have that hair as yeah. a way of fitting in. And then kind of like some brown versus, the, you know, like a bunch of women were like, oh, I, I would love to have an afro, but people treat me differently. There's racism in the workplace. There's this underlying current. And there's other black people that tear them down. They even had a thing where, like, they were talking about how, like, black men prefer white hair, you know, or, like, you know, weaves and things like that and how it affects their daily life. It is a really, really interesting documentary. Um all that's, and he was like the narrator? He was the, the narrator. He was discussing it. And I mean, I don't know if Chris Rock even was aware. Like, he seemed like he was on the journey, too. Like, he was like, what the fuck? And, the, and like, uh, they were talking about how, like, some black men will see a woman, a black woman's hair, and go, damn, I can't actually afford that woman. Because they know that the regular hair treatments to get their hair to do that could be, like, something like 500 bucks a month. Jesus. And this is, like, in 1990s money or some shit. So it was like... Yeah. 
there's a lot to it where Chris Rock should kind of have that context because he was in that fucking documentary and was the showrunner on it. That yeah. To make fun of Jada Pinkett Smith, who has obviously done a lot of hair treatments like most of those women, uh, and is now either genetically or and, as a well, result and of her the specifically. Hers, though, were specifically for, like, movie roles so that she could continue being a fucking, like, millionaire. But, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, whatever, sure. you know, like... Yeah, I'm not crying any fucking tears for her, is what I'm saying. I don't give a shit. Listen, listen, we need you to be in the Matrix, and you ain't gonna have a fucking... There's no way you went into futuristic 1999 uh, uh, mega-meta body with an afro. That just wouldn't make sense, you know? Didn't she, ha- didn't she have I think she had, like, cornrows or something, yeah. Or, like, yeah, really so that's fine. I think she had Anyways. straightened hair, and I don't know. I don't fucking know. I don't really remember those movies, you know? But whatever. Jada Pinkett Smith, uh, I feel like in Collateral, she didn't have it. Honestly, I actually never really pay attention to things like that. So for all I know, I know that I saw photos of her, like, with Chris Rock, like, a lot of evidence that came to light, and a lot of her hair looked very straightened, which, for all I fucking yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I know, like, Aisha Taylor has really long, flat black hair. Um, sure. I don't know if that's genetic or by the... Like through treatments, I don't know. But ob- yeah, obviously Jada did a lot of stuff with her hair over her career, Sp- probably in a lot of cases specifically because it was required for roles or whatever. Yeah. So I-, I guess my point is is that it seems like, especially when it comes to black women, there is an extra sensitivity and stigma towards discussing their hair, the professionalism of their hair, what it looks like, and also sensitivity over them potentially having gone bald. As a result of either genetic predisposition or in an effort to maintain Western ideals of beauty, whatever. But yeah, Chris Rock especially probably knew he was getting into sort of dangerous territory. Or, or he sees himself as informed and as maybe as part of her in-group in a lot of ways, and felt therefore that it would be taking, taken like good-naturedly. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we've all been, we've all made a joke where people go, ugh. Did yeah. not think you were going to say that. And then people cry. And they're like, I can't believe you made fun of my friend who died. You know, and I'm like, ah, yeah. I thought it was I funny. can believe I did. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah. I mean, obviously, regardless, mm-hmm. the reaction was pretty insane. Um, unhinged, I think, is probably the best word for it. Like, Yeah, there was, I mean, that's the other thing about it. Is like, so Chris Rock making fun of a, uh, a black woman's hair, especially for going bald. I think if... They had done, I think if Will and Jada had taken the high road on it, just from what I know and the way I've seen people react to it in other scenarios, I think Chris Rock would have been in a fuck ton of trouble, a little bit. Like, as far as, like, Twitter bullshit goes, you know. I I think what would defend him from that happening is that without Will Smith's reaction, it would have gotten, it would have blown right over because... No one watched. (laughs) Well, because, well, no, that partially, but also because, like, I mean, G.I. Jane's hot. Like, it's not a bad look. You know, it's not like calling her ugly. Uh, uh, Demi I, I Moore, think, like, I think there's a difference between there is Demi Moore shaving her head for a role yes. and someone going bald because they wanted to look like Demi Moore. Of course Moore. there's a difference. Of course there's a difference. But it's such, it's a good natured ribbing because it's not a, it's not an unflattering comparison, right? To be compared to like Demi Moore in her prime. Boo fucking who? I guess. Like, of course, that there is some nuance, and and someone can go maybe have a talk with him after the show. And be like, hey man, that made her really uncomfortable. 
Well, but yeah, yeah. come on. There's a lot of people but talking about it too. The point like, is. Whether or not Will Smith, again, kind of thinking of the, the black guy fucking at gunpoint, of yeah. that just being like, no, Will Smith, sit there and take it. I'm going to keep no, making yeah. fun of your wife. Do you just sit there and take it? I want to see. And maybe it. there is something else happening there right. behind, like maybe between the two of them or whatever. Yeah. Regardless, there isn't. Do you know why? Because it's all a fucking hoax. <laughs> because they, they wrote that in the program. For the show, yeah, I, I obviously I've seen that dub shit on tape. Like, I, I love the idea that like, all right, Will, Will, come in, come in the room, come in the room. Yes, yes, yes. You and Chris Rock, both of you guys. All right. So here's the thing. You know how you're nominated for best actor for another role where you play like yeah. a strong black man who defies racial stereotypes, and he's like, yeah, okay, so, and defends his family. Yeah, yeah, and defends your family. So I thought it'd be funny and really if get you a, defended your family. I really thought it'd be fucking cool for our trending, and it would go so viral if you would go up there and act a damn fool. And you know, would you would you mind being a racist stereotype and bitch slapping the man on TV and then saying "keep my wife's name out of your mouth"? Could you also say "hood"? Uh, listen, if the overlords in Hollywood tell you to dance, you dance. <laughs> All right, you think those guys? Aren't pulling strings I like think that, it would pulling be, the wool I over our eyes? I think it would eyes. really benefit viewership of the new Fresh Prince show if we reminded people you are actually from Philadelphia. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> I didn't even think about that angle. You're right. It seems so fucking stupid. Be like, you know what? Listen, you are like the new Sidney Poitier. We want to put you on a pedestal, and and you're just a shining example of blackness. And what I'd like you to do is get on stage and bitch slap a man and then yell the F word on national television. I think that would just... Sell it. It will. He needs to get some edge back. He's become too much of a family actor. This is going to help him become a bad boy. Hey, mm. he literally has a movie called Bad Boys 2. That's true. So That's right. Oh, if Bad Boys 3 was coming out, you're like, yeah, I am bad. <laughs> Dude, I'm just saying. I'm a bad husband? I'm a bad father? Have you seen my weird fucking kids? Have you seen my wife yeah. fucking other dudes? I'm a bad boxer. Couldn't even fucking stagger little baby Chris Rock. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you're oh, fucking spinning in his grave. Yeah, for sure. Muhammad, Muhammad Ali's like, I'll be goddamn sure. I, you better keep my wife's name out of your mouth if I could remember who she was. <laughs> yeah, you're not playing me in the sequel to that biopic. Uh, uh, I, anyway. I remember I saw a thing, and this is kind of what I was thinking about. I remember in the same vein of you know making them dance to the tune of, of oppression uh, i remember seeing an article basically saying that will smith was basically i don't know if it's changed now i think i think things have changed but when will smith was doing that stupid like love match guru or whatever the fuck you know basically will smith had a string of movies where he was in rom-coms yeah hitch hitch no well, Hitch. Yeah. Yeah, Hitch was one. And then Hitchcock. Hit, what was that one where he was a superhero? Oh. Was it called um, Hitchcock? Was it that Hancock. Simple? Hancock. Hancock. Yeah. Hancock. That one wasn't really a rom com, though. That was just a fucking mess. Yeah, but the whole point was like his. Angel. Destiny. Charlie Theron. Yeah, it was Charlie Theron. But basically, the point was like, you know, society. It was Eva Mendez, right? And Hitch. Yeah, 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 yeah. But of just like. Uh, Will Smith is the only person at the time who was socially acceptable for Hollywood to allow to have a rom comedy that was interracial. And even now, I'm, I, I struggle to think of one where that's Guess happened. Guess who's coming to dinner? Guess who's coming to dinner? Yeah. Was that the. Well, also, maybe a rom com where the entire premise of the fucking movie 
isn't that they're interracial. You know, it wasn't okay. like, oh, yeah. Because, you know, that was Sidney Poitier. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, here's <laughs> what you're going to do. You're going to teach me how to dance, and I'm going to teach you which fork is which fork. And the guy's yeah, like, yeah, word, yeah. dog, all right. I'm going to teach you style. It's like, like, that's the whole point of the fucking movie. It's like, wow, can you believe black people and white people could be in love? Could you believe they would point. just overcome their wild differences? Can you believe this is even possible? And like Will Smith is like, no, I'm cool enough and and chill enough and 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 socially acceptable to pal- palatable to white audience enough that yeah, I could do a movie where I'm just a normal guy having a normal relationship with a normal white what? woman and people aren't marching against wedding it. crashers. Who's in wedding crashers? What was the interracial relationship in wedding crashers? Isla Fisher's redheaded. Oh god. <laughs> All right, yeah, turn it to something stupid. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's, just, it's, just, it's such a weird thing that, like, I, yeah, I, 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 saw, I saw a lot of I people, like, saying. arguing about it. Like, wow, Will Smith. Like, he looked so fucking angry. And maybe there was something even extra disturbing about the whole interaction of a guy who obviously isn't reacting in a, I think, reasonable manner. Yeah. You know, kind of kind of... To me, it was like the equivalent of like when Siegfried's tigers fucking mauled him or some shit, you know? You know yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. Like, it's shocking because you're used to seeing him be so mild-mannered, yeah. right? Aren't you a talking fish? <laughs> Dude, he's a fucking... He was a Scientologist at one point. I've heard I, that. After that, it's like, nothing is going to really surprise me. Like, you're obviously a fucking idiot, that, you know? That whole thing was... is fucking, I'll tell you, you know who's my favorite Smith? And I know... It's very Jayden, niche. obviously. Jaden. Jaden. Because and of Neo Tokyo. Because of Neo Tokyo. Neo Yokio. Yeah. Right, Whatever. Fucking Same shit. Step correct. Better keep that fucking name <laughs> out of your mouth. <laughs> I only know about that because the uh, Vampire Weekend frontman wrote it. What? That's yeah, fucking baller. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, Neo Yokio is fucking high art. And Jada. What is his name? Jaden Smith? Jaden yeah. Smith. Jaden and Willow. Yeah, I don't think Willow's in it. She might be, though. No, I'm just saying that's his kids. Yeah, yeah. Jaden just elevates it. I mean, he is fucking great in it. Um, so he's my new favorite Smith. But all that other shit about, like, Jada cheating on Will with, like, her childhood friend and all that <laughs> stuff, I, I don't know. <laughs> that was my favorite tweet was, what's like, Chris Rock's lucky all the other guys that fuck Jada didn't come on stage <laughs> I've seen a lot of it's it's a fucking mess, you know. There's yeah, it's, it's a uh, fucking brutal. Up there. It's like kiss my wife, okay. Diss my wife, fuck no. I gotta get angry, <laughs> you know. <sighs> I'm gonna sit there and have my wife tell me, like that's that that seems like such a complex. I, I, watching him get so angry and unhinged about it makes and, you wonder. And thinking about him literally storming the stage, risking his entire career to slap Chris Rock, a comedian who's making lighthearted jokes on a fucking goofy fucking award show no one's watching yeah. anyway. Yeah. To then slap him and then have to go sit back in his fucking chair and then be like, "Yep, I just did all that for a woman who told me to my face that Tupac Shakur was her true love." And if he hadn't been shot, she'd be having goofy children with him. Hmm. hmm. I mean, yeah, she said some awful stuff about him on television. So maybe it's maybe there's some like PTSD there. Maybe he was nervous about the Oscar, about getting the award. You know, didn't know if he was going to get it or not. I, that Who would knows? be the least of my fucking worry. Maybe you know? he maybe he did a couple bumps, so he's running a little high speed. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it you, you, I don't know if I want to use the full word. Dude's a cuck. You know, like there's a little bit yeah. of cuckness to it of like defending <laughs> yeah. your yeah. wife 
when you are forced to share her. It's, yeah, it's like an overcorrection kind of, right? Yeah, it seems a little bit like that. But like, well, I know what I'm supposed to be doing here, and I'm I'm so yeah. I'm so deeply tethered to this ideal, and I'm gonna do. I mean, again, I, we don't fuck. Maybe it that's what know. it is. We're, yeah, maybe it's because he can't hit the guys that she fucks. <laughs> Yeah, you know, but he can hit Chris Rock because like no one gives a shit about yeah, Chris Rock. Yeah, maybe there's a I mean, literally that. everyone clapped for Will Smith like 10 minutes later when he got his award. Yeah, all that. I saw people, that's even dumber. Like, oh, people be like, wow, I can't believe we all clapped for him. Like, it's a two dude slap. That was Jim Carrey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jim, Jim Carrey was like, all mad about it. I saw, that guy's fucking I, saw psychopath. I saw a take that I thought was more akin to my own in Russell Brand. Similar, similar talking points of like the complexity of black culture and black hair yeah. on women and stuff like that. But then he just, I don't know if you ever listened to Russell Brand talk, but as he starts to spin up, it just gets yeah. more and more esoteric and more be like, well, if we think about the, the, the schism of human yeah, interaction, like, it's just like, yeah, I got it. Farting in his wine glass and smelling yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. All thing. right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Tell, tell me about how you think the psychosphere of society was going to collapse in on the, uh, you know, on the Oscars. Um, <laughs> I do want Russ Cole's take on all this, but who? anyway. Oh, Russ Cole's. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, evolution's a misstep. You know, like, take your kids and drown the them. Monkey. Take your kids and drown them. Um, but yeah, it just seemed it seemed I, it, all the people getting angry about it and figure. I think that's too much. I don't give a shit. But it did. Yeah, yeah. I, I, oh, I saw. It's it, just funny. Go ahead. That's my big my biggest takeaway is that it's funny. Yeah. And if you don't think it's funny, you're an idiot. I, I've seen some th- the most dumb shit takes I saw were like one person said. This is this is because we allowed Trump to be our president, and then the other one, what the other one was, um, in a world full of Smiths, be a Zelensky. <laughs> it is so. Be like, violence is never the answer. Why can't these? Why can't these two grown ass men who had a slap fight, fucking you know, come to terms with their fucking like? It's so stupid. Yeah. Anyway, um, you know Jim Carrey was like, "Wow, I thought we were the cool club, and now I'm with a bunch of fascists." Like, shut up, man! What? Because you were in Sonic the Hedgehog? Shut up! A man famous for having a fucking contorted face is going to tell me about how to live. I don't know the whole yeah. thing. I don't know the, yeah. the the whole the whole shabby fucking glam. You know, of like, oh, we're going to hand awards to each other from me to you, and then you give me an award, and I give you an award, and oh, look, you're better at crying than Ryan Gosling or whatever the fuck this year. Like, who gives a shit? But Yeah, yeah. But but the way he's like, you keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. I'm going to live with that forever. That might be yeah, my favorite. Yeah. That might be my favorite use of the word fucking that I've ever heard. Like that's that's when I hear that word, that's what that's the that's the correct way and tone to say it now. Well, I'll, my final my final point mm. in my thesis that it's all a conspiracy. Okay. You know that no one will ever again use the hashtag Oscar so white. <laughs> That's not that stupid fucking thing. That, like, I'm, I'm cutting. I'm cutting that joke out. No, 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 no. You, you, you said, and I, because I, I'll fucking say the joke. I is that like it's again kind of coming to the whole how stupid a fucking idea is it that it's a conspiracy that it's all staged? Is that yeah. the Oscar has been trying to outrun the fucking stigma of like Oscar so white, Oscar so white. They're like, oh yeah, okay. So what we need is more black representation. Let's have two grown <laughs> men fight, fight like animals. Jesus. I think we need to remove the steak. No, that's it. That. That's the one. Like that's how fucking stupid. Because again, it, it, whatever. That's how stupid it is. Be like, you know what'll, de- uh, you know what will decry, um, 
people accusing the Oscars of racism, let's stage an event that generates the most N-words on Twitter. I want that to be <laughs> the fucking move. That's going to be how we... I didn't see any of those, but I don't go on 4chan. I'm sure 4chan is just swirling with it. What's weird is, and this is, again, just kind of the the humor of the situation, Chris Rock famously, I I don't remember the bit, I feel like I saw it, was was famously saying that, like, the biggest, back when these jokes were cool, maybe, like when the Boondocks was kind of doing it, yeah. Um, before Black Lives Matter, before Kaepernick, before you kind of had to be unified about it, um, Chris Rock was trying to make the argument that the biggest detriment to black people seceding in society is other black people. And that the second that it's going good for us and the second we're climbing up, there's going to be some other black guy. And he uses the N-word, so that's kind of why I think it's kind of funny. He's the one talking about, like, uh, you know, be nice to police officers and shit, right? Kind of, but just also, like, you'll you'll be doing okay. And, And the Boondocks had it as well with their, uh, you know, N-word moment, you know. Where uh, and and the Boondocks explained it more deeply. Where when you know two entirely sensible people get caught into a situation where society coerces them to fight, and the Boondocks uh-huh. had an instance where it was like two guys walking, and one of them's in a business suit, and one of them accidentally steps on the shoes of another man. And normal human beings, two white guys, would be like, "Oh, hey, man, sorry, did I step on your shoe? Yeah, man, it's cool. Let's walk away." But like in the Boondocks, two black guys are like, "What'd you just do? Let's shoot each other!" Like, like it would escalate and become a, a fist fight, and kind of not necessarily that's who they are as people or whatever. This is the Boondocks saying it, but just like this is part of societal norms that they have created or whatever. How they're pushed on people, how they're expected to act. Ergo, Will Smith being like, "Keep my wife's name out of your mouth. I'm gonna slap you." I'm just going to walk up and slap you. I'm going to fucking slap you. Yeah. I don't know. that. So that's a joke Chris Rock has made. I think it's better illuminated by the boondocks. But that kind well, yeah, of... yeah, that's not really our place to... Yeah, I, I don't know. I, it, it seemed like the boondocks explained it more yeah, thoroughly, yeah, yeah, yeah. in my opinion, yeah. to, for my half-Mexican mind. Yeah. And also half-white. Uh, I'll yeah. wear that out. You know. <laughs> the other half's not good either. They're both bad parts. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, yeah, that's fair. You know, just that 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 kind of argument of people being like, you know, Will Smith winning the Oscar for playing Serena Williams's father. So the the Williams sisters, especially their story, is one of two children breaking stereotypes and dominating a, a sport owned by white people and, and crushing the industry and, and, and making, you know, being role models to black people. And then Will Smith plays their father, who famously, like, father figure of the year, and then he's going to go up there and slap another fucking black uh, he's, guy. I thought he's a very controversial figure. The Williams father? Yeah. I never heard that, and I'm big into tennis news. I don't know if that was something that exists outside of it, where he's not protected, but... Yeah. Oh, anyway, um, one last thing we have to cover about the Oscars. Mm. Then we'll, we'll not do that again for a year. Um, <laughs> or ever. Again. It got overshadowed by Will Smith's whole thing. And I didn't hear about it until like an hour ago before okay. we started recording. And I was blown away that this had been said at the Oscars and no one, there was, it completely got dampened. Mm. Uh, Jane Campion, who directed the film Power of the Dog, great movie. I don't know, so, who, very I don't know that person and who that movie is. Power of the Dog. It was a Netflix movie, actually, mm. uh, starring Benedict Cumberbatch. It's. I mean, they won a bunch of Oscars. I don't, Kirsten Dunst. I, I, I don't know. Kirsten what Dunst was nominated. Benedict Cumberbatch was nominated. What's the pr- Kirsten Dunst's husband was nominated. Whatever the fuck is. I don't know who the fuck Jesse that Clements. is. What the fuck? 
what what is what is, what is this movie? What is it about? Give me sum it up for me. Okay, it's it's based it's a book written by a gay dude way back in the day. The the quick premise is that actually you can't really do a quick story. It's an old west movie about a gay man and okay. about how a kid does something awful to him. It's not really. I kind of just spoiled the whole movie. A Regardless, kid does something awful to a full grown gay man. Okay, I'm just going to tell you the whole story. Okay. All right, that's yeah, what you yeah, because now I got it. Yeah, Kirsten Dunst uh, is a widow. She, she and her very weird son, who's about to go to college, run a little bed and breakfast together. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, Jesse Plemons, you know, from Breaking Bad, and uh, he looks like he's like a shitty looking uh, Matt Damon. That's what people oh, call my him. God. Meth Damon you know, like, is Kirsten yeah, Dunst's husband? They're married. They met on, uh, I think they met on Fargo, the TV show. They met on people Regardless. with weird faces online. <laughs> so. Jesse Clements and Benedict Cumberbatch are brothers. Mm. They own a huge, like, fancy ranch together. A huge, like, cattle herd and all that. They're coming through town on a cattle drive or some shit. Stop at her bed and breakfast. Mm-hmm. Little inn. Uh, they're being all weird. They're, all the men are being really mean. Obviously, all the ran- you know the ranch hands. They're they mean like the, the little kid. The son. The son mm-hmm. is coming out. He's like he's like eighteen or seventeen or whatever. Yeah. But he's coming out. It has like his his like uh napkin over his arm like a french waiter and all this stuff and oh, he's like a little effeminate him. yeah he's very effeminate mm-hmm. but jesse Plemons' character is kind of a nicer soul and he takes a hankering for kirsten dunst his actual real life wife and so starts to like court her and benedict cumberbatch hates it first off because he likes being out with all the boys on the ranch like we got this gold digger coming in gonna ruin things Sure enough, over time, she moves in with them. He's a complete piece of shit to her. He like She's doing a piano recital for some guests they have over and like starts mocking her, and then she starts fucking up. And he's just like a dick at all times, super mean to the boy, and encourages... He's Jesse Plymouth is like the ba- business side, and Cumberbatch is like the actual hardened cattleman That's that like funny. goes on the rides. Yeah. And so... And he plays... Cumberbatch is fucking incredible in it. I would watch it just... That actually him. sounds and amazing, because Benedict Cumberbatch sounds effeminate in pretty much anything he does, so... He plays this, like, super gnarled fucking cowboy. Hmm. Anyways, keeps bullying the boy, calling him fucking... They start calling him Miss Nancy and stuff. Aww. Well, then one day, the boy's going on a little hike and finds, like, a hidden tent. And it's got... So, Cumberbatch always referring to this guy named Bronco Henry that taught him how to be a cattleman. Mm-hmm. Bronco Henry this, Bronco Henry this. He's the greatest cattleman there ever was. The boy finds a bunch of gay magazines with B. Henry written on all of them. Oh, so it's like, wait a second, Bronco Henry was gay. And then it starts to come together. Oh, he like was the mentor to Benedict Cumberbatch's character and like gay, like they were gay together, clearly. Mm. And start, well, it's not clear, but it's becoming pretty obvious as that's what's going on. Suddenly he starts being very nice to the boy. He's making him his own rope so he can learn to lasso, starts teaching him how to ride, all this stuff. But keeps being awful to the wife, uh, to Kirsten Dunst and his brother. And it's becoming apparent that. Maybe he's doing it because he's gay and like he's going to have a similar relationship with the young man who seems very effeminate. Mm. Or maybe he's doing it to piss off Kirsten Dunst because she hates seeing this guy she hates get closer to her son. Maybe both, mm. right? It's kind of hard to tell. Anyways, the boy is uh, obsessed with cutting things up, but like surgically and drawing them. He's like a really good artist because he's going to he's going to med school. He's like going back and forth all to right. med school. Okay, and so he like cuts open a rabbit and is like documenting all its parts. Like, beautifully. It All sounds right, weird, okay. but it looks All good. Right, okay. He goes out. He finds a dead cow. He cuts its hide off, right? Mm. Later on, Cumberbatch, almost done making this rope for him. But Kirsten Dunst gets drunk and sells all their hides to a bunch of uh, natives. Uh-huh. And so Cumberbatch is pissed at her. 
And the kid goes, hey, don't worry. I have a cowhide you can use. Well, Cumberbatch had just cut his hand open, mending a fence, which everyone knew. It was a big gash on his hand. He takes this hide from a rotten cow and starts soaking it in water to like let tie, like loosen it up so that he can tie it into this rope. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, he's dead like three days later from Shit. anthrax poisoning, which you get from dead animals. And you're like, oh, fuck, that's crazy. Uh, they go to the funeral. The boy stays at home. And you see Kirsten Dunst and Jesse Plummett's characters coming back home. And the boy's just smiling in the window. And you're like, oh, my God, he did that on purpose. Like, he kills he's a medical gene. He knows a lot about medical stuff. So he murders Benedict Cumberbatch? Yeah, but like in a very secretive way that, mm. like, oh, yeah, he got, he's touched some cow somehow. So, anyways, that's the movie. It's super fucking depressing, slow burn type film. Jane Campion directed it. Now I'm getting to the right Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, five eight minute fucking minutes later. Spoiler alert, everybody. Well, I told you. All right. I, I think you could have explained it simpler, but that's fine. No one that listens We're to live. our podcast watches high sound like that. <laughs> yeah, anyway. okay. So, I don't watch I Said It Like That. That sounds the, dumb as hell, but all right, continue. So the point is that Jane Campion, this is her first directorial outing in like over a decade. Mm. She wins Best Director for it, mm. for the movie. During her speech, <laughs> this, is what I was, this is what I've been building up to, she looks at the Williams sisters, who are, of course, in attendance, and she goes, Venus and Serena, you two are extraordinary athletes. She's a New Zealand person, but I'm not going to do the accent. Okay. She says, Just you're extraordinary athletes. Accent, yeah. And, uh, and like your, your performances are always so spirited on the court, but unlike me, you don't have to do it against men. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) Why would she say that? I think she was trying to draw a point about how patriarchal and, and male dominated the directorial world is, you know, so, but kind of a rough way to do it. Yeah, Jesus fucking Christ! I don't know. I don't. I don't know what her fucking point is. Because first of all, the Serena Williams do indirectly compete with men. They compete with them on salary. It's it's like, it's like saying women's soccer doesn't compete with men. You know, they do have to compete for budget and airtime, and they have to market themselves and stuff. So that's that sounds well, it's also fucking stupid because it's it's completely different types of of competition, right? It, and it's also completely different types of. Uh, Bias, right? So the the bias that that Venus and Serena would face if they competed with men is completely like physical, right? And the bias that Jane Campion has to deal with is completely like old boys club, you know? It's not, and it's not it's not like just a as an artist as a creative comparison. It's because literally men, old boys clubs their way in. I mean, I think that's getting phased out, but. Has been the case um, for mean, decades and decades. Certainly, there's plenty of famous female actresses, and I can I feel like I can think of uh, not directors. So I'm I'm trying to think of famous female directors. That probably is more of an old boys club. Um, yeah, there's only a handful of like of like that it ones that people know household names. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whoever did um, well, I was going to say Diablo Cody. <laughs> uh, who else? Who directed? Um, I think it's Sofia Coppola. Yeah, but she's got some. She's got some titles like Lost in Translation and stuff like that. Certainly not. uh, Catherine Bigelow is probably the biggest. Yeah, Uh, she did Zero Dark Thirty and and uh, James Cameron's James Cameron's former uh, wife, uh, who won Best Film or something, Best Director for Hurt Locker, which I think defeated. That's Catherine Bigelow. Yeah, 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 Catherine Bigelow. That's what I'm saying. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. 
Oh, okay, I didn't know she was married to James Cameron. Yeah, I saw it in a uh, I saw it in a review of the movie Aliens where they were talking about like James Cameron because Catherine Bigelow was either like the casting director or was like the screenwriter or like helped James Cameron make Aliens because they were married at the time. No and shit. And then she eventually won. They got divorced, and then she won Best Director over him for The Hurt Locker. So it was kind of a funny that's, for the year that Avatar came out. That's um, pretty badass. Kind of funny. Damn, we're getting. A, we're, 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 <laughs> Greta Gerwig, she her uh, Little Women was great. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this is kind of funny. I, I, that's such a loaded fucking conversation, especially in light of like trans athletes these days competing in like women's circles and stuff like that. You know, and, yeah. and how in some circles you would say that they are fighting men now. You know, and like like what that's even a controversial topic of God. That's such a fucking crazy thing to say. Why would she say it? On the night that they're winning an award for a depiction of their life and overcoming struggle, to be like maybe in New in New Zealand, backhanded compliments are just regular compliments. This is how they do it. You don't want to be you want to be too sweet. We're not Australians. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, you wallaby. Hey, you fucking cunts over there with your fucking rackets. Okay, that's okay. That's um, so. Speak. So speaking of the men, I don't know. (laughs) There's no time. I'll be tired to what we're 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 gonna get to the Bible now, which I don't know. Use your imagination. It's it's related. Yeah, Jesus. Fifty minutes into the show. Yeah, we're gonna fuck. (laughs) This is the worst. I don't give a shit. Fucking long cold openers, slow cold openers. This is the only player I care about. Let's get to the fucking Bible. the, I only uh, want to talk about the Bible for like ten minutes. I feel me, like so. I feel like the Bible is the sourdough bread, fresh out of the oven. It's the meat. It's the reason we're here. But butter is yeah. really why I'm here. I'm, the, the sourdough is just to get uh, more butter in my mouth. You know. Yeah. I can't uh, just eat comparison. butter. We could this this whole podcast couldn't just be butter. There has to be some bread at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. So here it is: your carbs. Uh, this is, is the Revelations podcast. I'm Grant. I'm Cole. What is this episode one fifty one fifty six? Ooh, jinx. I think that's divisible by eight. I have no idea. It probably uh, is, because 56 is. Well, I don't know why 56 we... 56 is, and 100 isn't, so 156 cannot be. Yeah. Checkmate. Right. Yeah. Um, here's what I'm going to tell you right now. This is... There is an interesting thing that happens this episode. We're going to do a few ep- a few yeah. chapters, but it's, it's back to the old Isaiah for the most part. We're back in the fucking... Mm. Uh, prophetic, very flowery, rambly bullshit. Yeah. It's interesting, kind of. So it's quote unquote, let's just get started. It's chapter 40. Yeah. Um, My Bible titles this chapter, God's People Are Comforted. Okay. And the premise is, he is... It's a mixed bag. It sounds to me like Isaiah is talking directly to people in a contemporary fashion as they return from exile. Yes, back from Babylon. Which would have been, is it hundreds of years after his death? It's certainly decades. It's it's a long time because... Yeah, was, I have it. Wait, I have the timeline open. Stand by. Let me go back to it. Because there was a few kings between Hezekiah and the Babylonian conquer of israel okay so the prophecy of isaiah was from 740 to 700 bce the kingdom of israel falls around that same time to the neo-assyrian empire but that's like that whole thing with they fell to uh 
Assyrians, not Babylonians. Right. King Hezekiah, so I'll go back to that. Isaiah is 740 to 700. Hezekiah is 715 to 687. So he goes a little 13 years past Isaiah's prophecies. The first deportation to Babylon is in 597. So uh, over 100 years later. So 100 years later before Babylon takes them. And then how, I mean, it was in the 400s when the exile's done. Was Babylon that long holding the Israelites? The, the Jews returned to Jerusalem by permission of Cyrus in 539. So only like 60 years after they first got there. Okay, so there was probably people alive that remembered Jerusalem and, and may have returned. You know, And during that time, Nebuchadnezzar... So 597 is when the deportation started. 586, 11 years later, is when Jerusalem fell and Nebuchadnezzar destroyed Solomon's temple. Okay, so, so all that's though is all of that is well over a hundred years after Isaiah's lifetime. Well over a hundred years, but only about forty years from like you were destroying the temple to all right, you guys can start heading back. Correct. Short time because because uh, the Persians took over. Right. Okay. So th- the reason I bring that up is so chapter forty starts, and it's written as if Isaiah is comforting the people in their homes in Jerusalem after the exile. Like, all right, yes. you guys are back. God says, You comfort. paid for your sins. You know, you you paid, you were shitty. We get, we're punished you, but now you're able to come back. It's going to be cool now. Right. So, which, by the way, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. It is kind of funny. And we'll get to that where it's like, Yeah, guys, don't worry. The worst is over. Nothing bad's ever going to happen to us again. Whatever our so sins true. or our transgressions. It's done. It's not like there's going to be like another conquest slash I don't know Holocaust. Everything that could happen is well. Done. That's that's not for two thousand more years. But <laughs> what's not very far out is um, let's see what year was it? Probably the conquest by the Romans and yeah, the Romans conquested them. Do you know how many the Roman how many people the Romans killed mm. back then? One point one million. Damn. Right. One point one million Jews. At the yeah. death of, at the well, hands of the Jerus- Judean well, yeah, citizens. Yeah. I mean, who knows? It might have been a, a mixing pot. Either but- way, you know. Ooh. So that's, that's kind of one of the funny things. That's too many. But th- that's kind of some of the complexity when we discuss how this chapter is interpreted, right? It's written as if it's contemporary, as if Isaiah is currently speaking to the people at the time, which is around the time that this book is alleged to have been written. You know, so it's like Isaiah's like, yeah, man, you guys are going to be good. You're going to be so glad you're going to be fine. Obviously, the Bible itself, the compiler, the narrator beyond beyond thing, the concordance is like, well, obviously, Isaiah wasn't fucking there. It's hundreds of years after his death, you know, so it therefore must be prophecy. So we're treating this as if it's prophecy, even though it's completely written as if Isaiah's there in the room with them. As if the guy who's yeah. writing this book is like, yeah, things are good now. God took care of us. Our sins are done. Yada, yada, yada. Well, it could be seen as like whenever someone, let's say that, you know, you were diagnosed with something term, like a, a terminal form of AIDS. Okay. And, and you know you're going to die, but also... Some point after you got AIDS, you also got your wife pregnant. Okay, and so she has AIDS, and the kid is probably going to have AIDS. All right, but you want to? You're gonna, you're going to die before the kid's born. Okay, continue. Okay, <laughs> but, you, but you want him to like 
know that he has AIDS. Okay. <laughs> so you write so you write him a letter. All right. Explaining how you got the AIDS. Gave, yeah. All right. Okay. And then, but everything's gonna be okay or whatever. You know, yeah, it's it, like a heartwarming letter. You're you're gonna be good, bro, and things are gonna be rough and and here's how yeah. you here's how you cop a feel and this is how you do the one handed bra snap. These are all the things you gotta know. Yeah. And uh it sounds very much like the premise of that's a movie. How yeah, I know. But we're not gonna talk about that. <laughs> how to be a man? Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. That used to Damn, be a don't... funny movie in context and now it, it's sad. Now it's really rough. Yeah, fucking Gavin McGinnis. Gavin McGinnis. Shit. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, so he's basically saying like, "Oh yeah, you can re- you can relax, easy Jews. Your iniquity has been done. You've suffered for your sins. The time of everlasting peace is upon us. We're safe in Cyrus's hands. No one's ever going to do shit to us ever again. God has delivered us. You know. Wah-wah. Yes, he has. <laughs> Amen. You know? Amen. Um." Uh- there, there's more to it. Do you have anything before we get to chapter or verse seven? No, no. Uh, th- th- there's not much to it. There, you know, this is one of those things that I, I've harped on before, where I'm not quite sure. There's very few instances, and we're going to cover, we're going to reference it a lot here. But there's very few instances where God describes Himself in the same way that the prophets describe Him. And I don't know if that's deliberate or, you know, so much, obviously this is fiction. So I, I don't know why they say things this way. Um, but, you, you know, so uh, chapter 6 through 7. Um, the voice said, cry out. And he said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass. And all its loveliness is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, because the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of God stands forever. So basically, you you will get old, you will die, your tits will sag, your balls will hang. But God's word is forever, bro. Not my balls. Yeah, not my balls either. They're not not heavy enough. My balls tuck in like a B-52's landing gear. (laughs) Nice. That's sick. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, Yeah, so it says that. Very eerily threatening aura to that line, but uh, I mean that's fine. the general theme is him like being like God is all powerful. That's sort of as we segue into it. By the way, God has comforted us; He has created us a safe haven. We're all good now. That was a rough time. Yeah, we got our ass kicked, but now we're back at home with like a security blanket around us, sipping hot tea. You know, like we're good now. Also, for really no reason, I'm going to go into a long diatribe about how all-knowing, all-powerful, all-amazing is God. Because why not? Yeah. Within the breath of his hands, he's held all the waters, you know. Um, you can't even fathom his ass. Yeah, we know that. We get it, dude. We already did this. It, it, right. It's oddly... There's this... Um, I, I'm going to link him one day. I feel like he's Kugel equivalent almost. Maybe even better. Is that TikTok Mormon... Who is uh, a like ex Mormon? I, I think he's currently a Mormon. Maybe I don't know, but he speaks like seven fucking languages, and he has like a PhD in the Bible, and he's read in hmm. more. He's read in all those different languages. He talks about the origin of the words, what people were thinking when they wrote it. It's a really interesting TikTok. One of these days, I'm going to link it. Um, 
I'm sure he doesn't need our plug. He probably would hate us if he existed. Yeah, obviously, <laughs> obviously he'll come on. But uh, that, that's his whole thing is like arguing. Like people will be like, "Oh, it's only the word in God," and he'll be like, "Well, actually, that word wasn't written till the fourth century, and it actually means this." And if you read in the original Hebrew, as I have, and then read it when it got converted to Italian, which I have, then you'll know this. And you know, their Latin, as I have, you know, then you'll know what these things, how these words came to be, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so he's a real great. He's a real interesting TikTok if you're into this kind of bullshit. Um, hmm. But kind of talking about how the Bible came together and things like that. And and how much of... Anyway, the reason I bring him up is that Jordan Peterson, who's a fucking idiot, as we've mentioned, was like talking about, like, can you believe all the ways the Bible refers to itself? This is the first book with hyperlinks that's constantly referencing old verses, blah, 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 blah. And then the guy was like, how dumb do you have to be? The Bible isn't coherent. It's all these yeah. different books that existed at the time who are referring to themselves or referring to stories that have been repeated. It's not like Leviticus is referencing Genesis or Isaiah is referencing Kings. They weren't aware of each other. They're not yeah. existing like that. They Someone were. put this all together in like the 300 BC yeah. area. Yeah. Yeah. Jordan Peterson, you're a fucking idiot. But that was his argument. Yeah. He was like, no, absolutely not. It's a loose collection of stories that are stemming from the same core point. So yeah, they'll have similarities between them. They'll plagiarize each other. They'll have similar stories. And even those stories were plagiarized from other surrounding nations. So you're going to find similarities yeah. there. So it's, but the, the point is, as I was getting to it, is that this it reeks of fucking Job and is likely coincidence. But the same arguments he's making is the same arguments God makes to Job to explain how powerful he is. Like, God, yeah. are you all knowing? Do you know everything? Are you all good and everything? He's like, dude, how much water is there? And Job's like, I don't, I don't know. He's like, yeah, uh, how many stars are in the sky? Were you there when I painted them? No, I wasn't, man. So fucking shut your mouth. Keep my fucking name out <laughs> your fucking mouth, you know? I love this part especially. You get some noxious. Starting at verse 21. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the earth was founded? Just like, stop, stop, yeah. stop. Like, how dumb are you to question question my existence? Were you not raised properly? I saw this one, um, this is a long time ago, but it was like a little black girl who was yeah. like, our atheism was like jerking off all about this. Because a little black girl that was just repeating. Well, I'm, a little, I'm sure everyone on Reddit was jerking off if it involved a little girl. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly our atheists, those filthy bastards. Um, but it was like a little girl who was like waving her head back and forth, full of arrogance, you know, like a five-year-old can. Yeah. And was like, you don't believe in God? What's wrong with you? You don't believe in God? What's wrong with you? And like everyone was like, can you believe the brainwashing this poor little girl has experienced? <laughs> and oh, I would, that's child abuse, blah, blah. You know how our atheism used to be. I'll teach uh, them how to abuse a child. <laughs> yeah, before, we, that's how our atheism was before we kind of bullied them into shutting their mouth a little yeah, bit. Yeah. The rest of us. Um, but yeah, that kind of argument be like, how, what, if you're questioning me, then something's wrong with you. It's not the the act of blasphemy means you're an idiot. Um, sure, I, I like some arguments that are made here because they're kind of it's weird how they've kind of reverberated through time a little bit. Who has directed the spirit of the Lord, or as his counselor counselor has taught him? With whom did he take counsel? And who instructed him? And who taught him in the path of justice? Who taught him knowledge? And who showed him way of understanding? You know. 
but whole nations are dropping the bucket, blah, blah, he's better than everybody, you're shit, all the other nations are shit, he's way better. But that kind of argument of like, well, who made God? You know, are you saying that like, you, you think you know that we came from monkeys, but who made the monkeys? You know, kind of yeah. some dumb arguments. The, mon- the monkey factory. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, <laughs> a bunch of guys... Chopped them up and had sex with monkeys. That's why we have AIDS. What, what, what was your question? Uh, What's your question? This is, uh, so are we done with 40? Because I have something, one more thing at 40, and but it's going to be the last part of 40. Um, Just more bullshit just about yes. how much he hates Israel. Yeah. Uh, oh, wait, I do yeah. have one. This is just minor. It is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out like who stretches out the heavens like a curtain. Um, basically, the, the the reason I bring it up is because this is one of those verses that's used in flat Earth theory. Yeah, be like clearly, God just said that the Earth is a fucking flat circle. Checkmate, atheist. NASA is Hebrew for deceive. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, there it says right there. Circle of the Earth. Circle of the Earth. And apparently my Bible is like, well, they obviously mean, like, shut the fuck up, Bible. They uh, So here, here's what they mean. Here's what they meant. They obviously meant the horizon is a circle. Mm. When you stand and you see the horizon's a circle. They weren't saying that the Earth was flat. Because obviously well, God, you know, we know it's not. So there you go. And a globe can sure as hell not be mistaken as a circle. Yeah, a globe is not a circle, guys. No, I was doing a different joke. Like obvious, a globe is a circle. Yeah, no, I I knew what you were from, saying. I was from going. the viewer's perspective, it is a circle, right? As a so it's as not a even three dimensional as a three dimensional object is uh, expressed upon a plane. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I mean, even then. Oh God. Okay, so uh, just a little insight into my upbringing here. Um, from from like my middle school years, I played on a travel soccer team called the Eagles. Okay. Right? Like a private team, you know? Like, I don't know. Just travel. People know what that is. And uh, our team Bible verse. Oh, God. <laughs> was right here. Isaiah forty thirty one. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. We used to like say that at every practice. Like everyone had to do oh, it. Oh God! I think we would say it when we ran together. Oh, yeah. I that's, that's our atheism has a point. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of those lines between like what is culture versus brainwashing and shit like that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Not to get on too much of a tangent. I saw a lot when they were talking about cultural appropriation back when that was still in vogue a little bit. You know, like. Like, oh, well, you can't wear a sombrero. That's their culture. You can't you can't enjoy chickens or some shit because that's Santeria and that's their culture. That's what they grew up with. It's like, well, at what point do we stop calling it culture and just start talking it, you know, calling it bullshit that's brainwashing? You're not you're not special because you have maracas, you idiot. You know, I mean, you are special if you have maracas. Yeah, that's true. I have maracas. I'm special. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, just that kind of argument of like, I don't know, the idea of like making kids repeat bible verses missy was in that um awana program or some shit and she was trying to explain to me i did awana yeah she was like trying to explain to me and she's like well yeah well based on how many verses you could memorize and recite you would get candy i'm like oh so just classical conditioning 
Just straight up positive yeah. reinforcement brainwashing. Okay, very cool. Yeah, I was that was always the best at it. So mm. my church was like more mainstream and didn't have Awana because Awana is like even a little much for like mainstream <laughs> churches. You know, okay. like it's too radical. Like I don't know anything about it, but basically the way she described it, that they have like very, competitions or some shit. Fucking, it's weird. very draconian. Mm. It's very like. Uh, it's what you would expect whenever you go to church, like maybe in like the 19th century, you know, like very, uh, but yeah, they they really heavily, heavily, heavily incentivized memorizing the Bible. And like, it wasn't even that you get candy. They would just like laud you over the other children. And that was enough for me. (laughs) And so my mainstream church didn't have a one, but my dad wanted me to do it because he's like, "That's you got to learn the word." Yeah, mm-hmm. and so he would take me to like the scary independent. He's Baptist like, and then the Benjamites that caught her, and they're like that's a piece it, of candy. It, <laughs> he would take me to this like scary independent church where like all the kids like would pull down their pants when they went pee. You know, well, like <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. The fuck, you talking they're, about? It's all like, like they're the a bunch of weirdos, uh, like homeschooled little homeschool. brainwashed yeah. fucking. I know what you're, you're talking about, like the kid that like shows up to the urinal and just pulls his pants down to his knees. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's a weird. Yeah. That's a weird feature to that's identify a, them by. But you're not wrong. It's because they don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, they've been would, they've been classically conditioned to expose their anus any chance they can. Yeah, I'm ba- I'm basically a foreign exchange student there, right? <laughs> I'm coming from the big church where they sin. Yeah. And I just cleaned up. I mean, yeah. I was fucking. <laughs> no, there were no fucking prisoners. Right. I would destroy it every week, and they uh, hated it. Yeah. They hated me, but the teachers loved me, and they're like, why can't you little fucks be more like Grant? Because <laughs> he's coming in on our turf Yeah, from the the sinful church, making us look bad. Anyway, that was me. That's but, my claim uh, to fame. Yeah, so the idea of, like, brain... Like, the idea of using classical conditioning and, like, dog training techniques to enforce the word of God seems to me counterproductive, but what do I fucking know? I mean, it's useful. Like, I remember some Bible stuff that's kind of funny to remember. It can be helpful in, like, debates and arguing with people or whatever. Um, But, yeah, so, through God, all things are power. Write that shit down. Yeah. Uh, Episode, I mean, sorry, chapter 41. Let's bebop through this. Come on, it's getting late. Let's go. What do you got? (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be a long episode if we allow it. Um, I don't know. God's all powerful. Uh, there is one line here. Um, basically, God's like, "Don't worry, I am going to help you." Um, who raised up one from the east? Who in righteousness called him to his feet? Who gave the nations before him and made him rule over kings? Who gave them as dust to his sword, as driven stubble to his bow? Um, and then there's, it goes on and on and on. But basically. This verse is basically like, by the way, God so loved Israel, this little ragtag band of basically racist, rapist, murderers, um, yes. is that he created Cyrus the Great, you know? It, yeah, that Cyrus the Great is basically just exists to save them. It It's absolutely fucking absurd. It'd be like if there was a God for those sheep that live on the Google campus, you know? And they're like, God yeah. so loved those sheep that he invented one of the largest corporations on the planet. And he wanted to make sure all this infrastructure was in place, blah, 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 just to, like, help out the guys that eat the grass on weekends, you know. Like, it's just some fucking nothing city to Cyrus, you know. And was not even part of his conquest because they didn't exist in that time frame. 
They just were a bunch of people that he was like, what are you guys? And they're like, yeah, we're refugees from over there. He's like, I guess go back. I don't know. Sure. Fuck it. Yeah. It's pretty wild. Um, this whole thing of trying to wedge Cyrus into this. Yeah. Narrative like, is what is that? Like God's taking credit for Cyrus as some dude who they've never met and is just wiping out the whole fucking known universe to these people and, and maybe not savagely conquering them. That's more of a No, he's not. He's actually probably pressure. the best the cleanest conqueror yet yeah. of the planet. Well I mean the Jews didn't have no mercy like him. That's I'll true. Tell you that right now. And it's kinda of funny because Cyrus is usurped. Uh, Darius is not his bloodline. He's um, yeah, yeah, murdered, whatever. That's but still, and they, they, that was kind of the Persian, uh, you know, mo though was to you know they went to the Greeks and said, hey, just give us some dirt. We're your boss. Yeah, go about your just day. Hang out. You but know. no, ooh, 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 I want to fight you. You got Molin Lobby, Molin Lobby. Who does it best? What's that? Dan Carlin obviously has the best sort of representation. I think of that time yeah. period. If you're interested, if you're a pod, if you're a, King of Kings, yeah, Podians, King of Kings by Dan Carlin. Actually, stop listening to us. Go listen to that, and then stop. Catch never, back. never come back. Never come back. back. Just keep on with Dan Carlin. Yeah. Uh, but. Uh, he mentions it in the intro to that podcast, King of Kings, uh, very specifically mentioning how to uh, to the Jews, Cyrus the Great and the Persian army were great liberators, uh, invented yeah. by God. They were given God's power to come help out a bunch of Jews. That's cool. Um, and sh- who should come from the Northeast? Yeah. But Cyrus the Great. I yeah. can't even do the Dan Carlin. Yeah. I haven't listened to him in yeah, so long. It sounded pretty good to me. <laughs> but like, but then by the time he comes to like, when by the time the Persian army marches on Greece, they're like, who the fuck are these tyrants? We're like, man, we just will yeah. be cool. Chill. Which makes me wonder like how the Babylonians would have thought. Like the fact that the Jews were slaves probably changes everything. They had no dog in the fight. You know, it kind of makes me think about how racist 300 must be. Mm-hmm. The way that it shows them is this like mystical woo-woo oriental. Oh, they're all so weird and freaky orgies. Covered and, in gold they're just and, like, like they're they're sticking uh, piercings into their fucking cocks and shit. Yeah, but they're like philosophically like as advanced as the Greeks. Sure, they didn't have like the air quotes democracy that Athens had or whatever. But neither did fucking Sparta. Like fuck off. Making making Persia look like the weird ones is just, a, I think, a pretty racist. Well, thing. it's something that Dan Carlin talks about in his podcast. That I'm plugging still uh, of like Western ideals. You're like, welcome, Dan. <laughs> welcome, Dan, Mister Carlin. Um, you know the the difference in opinion of. I mean, these people were mathematicians. They were scientists. They were obviously much more successful than the Spartans ever fucking were. And tolerant. Yeah. Like, the idea of tolerance even existing at yeah. that point is wild. I'm sorry that the Spartans, a nation that survived on the backs of slaves, was threatened by a, a nation that's, from the point of view of the Jews, pretty fucking cool. Kind of slave yeah. liberators a little bit. That's probably, honestly, in that context, really, the second Persian-Grecan War, I guess the first first Persian-Grecan is more like the American Civil War. Where you have a bunch of like civilized people coming in and be like, I don't think you guys should <laughs> have, how about, how about you guys what pay taxes you and you don't get slaves? And they're like... Fuck you. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're like, we just want states' rights. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll actually uh, commit to a suicide pact before you fucking take our plantations. You're like, all right. And then General Sherman said, I. <laughs> all right. Okay. Um, kind of weird. Yeah. So that's 42 is all about Cyrus, and it's interesting, but whatever. Uh, 43. Have at it. You mean chapter 42? 
We're on 41. Oh, sorry, yeah. Got I'm at 41 is all about... My bad, my bad, my bad. 41 is all about Cyrus. Uh, now 42. That's basically it. I mean, at the end of 41, he's like... God's like, by the way, I'm powerful. Don't believe in idols. Yeah. Um. One thing that's funny about 41... I want to get to before we might not even have time for forty two. We're running long. That's true. Let's uh, just fucking call yeah. It I, I think I think forty one's the end because forty two can kind of bleed into forty three, and we'll we'll save it. But and forty two is much too interesting for us to like rush through. But um, something I think is funny about the end of forty one. Uh, there's a little subchapter here called the futility of idols. Present your case, says the Lord. Bring forth your strong reasons, says the King of Jacob. Let them bring forth and show us what will happen. Let them show the former things what they were, that we may consider them and know the latter end of them. Or declare us things to come. Show the things that are to come hereafter, that we may know that you are gods. Yes, do good or do evil, that we may be dismayed or see it together. Indeed, you are nothing, and your work is nothing. He who chooses you is an abomination." Uh, what is he talking about? So what Isaiah is talking about here is a concept of challenging other gods. Um, basically like... God fight. Go ahead. I just said God fight. That's all. Okay. Uh, you know, he's like, hey, listen, if you're coming to me pretending that there's other gods, here's how we'll do it. Come into the temple, do some fucking miracles, predict the future, or provide some kind of secret insight into the past, or tell us some miracle, miraculous shit, and then we'll judge it. But I'm sure it's dog shit, but but don't question me. I won't be questioned. I will not, yeah. you know, yeah. By the way, here's a prophecy written after it happened. That's all you gotta know. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then also, by the way, we love this idolatry. He's gonna save us. Yeah. Let's not leave out that. Like, it's just such a weird, like, by the way, yeah, bring your God. Let's have here as prophets. I'm going to poke holes into it all day long. But by the way, I'm talking about things that have already happened as if they're going to happen and then taking credit for Cyrus the Great. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, And then also, I'm powerful. Yeah. And that's basically it. You know, it, it, the, the rest is kind of a weird summary of the previous chapters. Oh, I'm God. No one tells me what to fucking do. I create enemies. I fucking, I, I create all the good in the world. No one can challenge me. Eat shit. Yeah. That's how I see it. Believe in me or are you fucking stupid? Pick one. Uh, all right there's two more baby ass chapters of isaiah down we need to do a big chunk soon because i don't know i want to i do dragon like yeah. psalms is easy because it's so much the same and proverbs is easy because it's so much repeated here i don't know i i feel like there's not much to it and then you get into it and you're like i don't know is that interesting is it kind of funny that god has a litmus test to decide whether or not other gods exist that God clearly fails, but is ignoring yeah. it, you know? Yeah, that is a good point. I mean, there's there's fun stuff to be found. It's just the, the fucking drear, like the goddamn monotony and boring way that it's written is killing me. Yeah. It's not, I mean, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, so that's, that's God for you. He's going to protect you guys. I like the there's a there's a quote from one of our previous episodes where it's like God is going to protect Israel the way a lion protects its murdered prey. And I'm like, I 
definitely lions protect their prey, like because they're but they protect it because they're feasting on it and because they've exploited it for resources. I don't know if that's yeah. The analogy they already killed use. it. Yeah. Which God has killed a lot of Jews, so a mama bear protecting her cub that makes sense. Uh, yeah. A dog protecting its bone from the prey it viciously savaged. I don't know if I would. That's not an analogy not that's used. Yeah, mm-hmm. not the best. Yeah, because you're already dead. So who cares but, if he's protecting you? But let's be clear. We know God is right because look at all this water, yo. And and look it's at in the his sun. hand. He's yeah. got a fucking literally a cup. It looks like a cup of water. It fits yeah. in his hand. It's the entire Pacific Ocean. Yeah, he's up there. If you don't know what the fuck we're talking about, it's because you're too fucking stupid. Yeah. It, Just look around you. This is all God. If you were a smart guy, you would blindly obey. Yeah. Very cool. Um, um, we are going to run longer because I want to talk more about Serena Williams, but we can we can wrap up. Okay, yeah. fine, fine, fine. Uh, if you don't already, follow us on Twitter at P. You can send us an email, revelationspodcast at gmail.com. Now, take it away. <laughs> I don't know. The, the, I, I keep thinking, what is this director's woman's name? I want to come back to this. Jane Campion. Jane Campion insulted the Serena Williams backhandedly by saying... The both of the Williams. Yeah, both the Williams. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, by implying that they have it easy because they don't have to compete with men. So, one... Implying that, I don't know. I mean, that could go. You could say, a Are you saying that men are inherently better than women? So any competition where you can just have your little girl fights is going to be lesser. Or yeah, I think she. It is obviously a big pat on her own back, right? right? But I think more what she was trying to do, even if not effectively or with any grace, yeah, was was to highlight the struggle of female directors probably and to to lend her some credibility probably the reason she hasn't done a movie in well over a decade even though she's known for being great i'm assuming it's a lot of shit she has to deal with the dudes don't have to so i i don't know i'm i'm willing to believe that especially after the me too movement and harvey weinstein and all that stuff that even if we discount the levels of sexual abuse as gatekeeping, you know? Yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm confident that she struggles to get funding or that she struggles to get investors or to get a market to buy in, you know, um, if you're not directing Marvel movies. I just realized a lot of the Marvel movies are directed by women and are, generally speaking, the worst reviewed of them. Uh, I don't know if that's true. I, I remember... I, well, I, I, I certainly, Woman, I, Here's the thing. I don't even know if they're Wonder the worst. Wonder Woman did good. Huh? One Wonder Woman's not Woman a Marvel movie, and the second one did terrible. Oh, oh, it's not a Marvel. <laughs> it's the same fucking bullshit. Well, whatever. Mass culture. But, you know what I mean? Like I wonder because like I remember I think Shang Chi. Well, um, yeah. No, no. Eternals was Chloe Zhao. That's right. Chloe Zhao was Eternals, and also yeah. um, Captain Marvel uh, were two yeah. movies directed was it? by women. I thought. Yeah, I think Captain Marvel was too. Yeah, but it wasn't. I don't remember. And I feel like there was one more. I thought it was Shang-Chi. But Chloe's here's the thing. <sighs> Chloe Zhao got her movie got every Marvel movie is getting blasted now. They're all going downhill. Um Eternals was just like so Spider-Man. pitiful compared to her to Nomadland that she just made, which was phenomenal. And clearly her own 
touch was visible there compared to like clearly a studio controller people weren't mad at her they were mad at marvel or disney or whatever for fucking having such a tight grip on like a talented artist well well, certainly misogyny and racism are just woven into the fabric a little bit you know i i i i I think like even when they're like oh a female director ready to shove some lgbtq bullshit in my fucking throat like oh women are so powerful blah 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 Oh, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking spray my period blood all over you as a sign of dominance or whatever the fuck they're accusing these new movies huh. are coming out. So I think that's what it was. I, I can totally understand Jane Campion. What the fuck is it? Jane? Am I getting the name right? Campion. Okay, yeah, right. Camp and then I O N. But it's Jane's Campion. the first name, right? Correct. All right. I can totally understand her having a experience in the industry of being <laughs> like, man, I'd fucking this fucking sucks that I'm gonna be held to a higher standard. And handicapped, you know. Yeah, yeah. In the industry, fine. I I think it's weird. The Williams sisters aren't exactly their narrative. Isn't oh wow, look at these two women beating other women in a men's game. That's absolutely not their 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 story. Is look at these two black girls breaking into a sport yeah. dominated by little French white waifs. You know. I would imagine that. Being New Zealish, yeah. maybe she's not quite as aware <laughs> there, of that. New Zealand does seem to struggle with it. Uh, I mean, I know they have the Maoris, but it seems like they're pretty chill dudes that they might not understand. They don't. Yeah, the they definitely of American racism. I'm not saying they don't have problems. Right. I'm not saying that it's you know that their uh, mosques are safe places to be. Oh at, God, yeah. But I'm just saying, clearly, there's a racist yeah, yeah, element. Some people. Well, New that guy Zealand. was from Australia. Huh? Was, oh, was he Australian? Yeah, he, was Australian. he came across he, the I, fucking I, yeah. The the Christchurch shooter was Australian. Oh, see, I don't. Read it was kind of a things. funny joke because I thought there, the whole point was like he couldn't get the guns in Australia, so he came oh. to New Zealand to do his shit. I might be mistaken. I might be thinking of some oh, shit. Mistaken, but I thought I, I remember that when, sounds right. I actually, when, I, I think I heard that because New Zealand enacted extremely restrictive gun laws in the aftermath of it. Um, yeah, and a lot of people were saying, like, them. well, if we'd had Australia's gun laws, this wouldn't have happened, blah, blah, whatever. That's beside the point. The only one I can really think of is Iggy Azalea is also from New Zealand. Or maybe she's yeah. Australian. Uh, no, she's Australian. But yeah. the whole point was they were like, people were making fun of her because her voice, I do that, I do that, blah, blah. It, that's not her voice. That's not what she sounds like. She's Oh, yeah. She, like, put it on. Well, you know who else does that has been getting in trouble is Aquafina. Is it? Everyone's calling her out now. Is that not what her voice sounds like? No, she like does fake like Brooklyn black voice. Oh, that seems like yeah. a weird thing to fake. But who knows? I don't know. He do people do weird shit. I mean, it was working for her for a minute. It just finally now people are like, "Hey, wait a minute! Wait a minute! Do I know?" Because she does a lot of voices. <laughs> uh, there, there was a uh, little cartoon. I mean, did you see the? Um, there's a spinoff from the boys, which is a bunch. It's like an anthology of animated episodes. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, I didn't watch those. Or it sucks. They're, they're not good. Um, but there's like one by Justin Roiland that's... I don't like Justin Roiland anymore. It's just too improvisational and, and, and pathetic. But uh, yeah. but there was one episode that's absolutely fucking gross. I think I actually mentioned it to you. I was the one that said it. I, I would recommend it. I said it's not that great. But there's an episode by Aquafina, written and directed by Aquafina, about okay. a girl who drinks... Um, Compound V, and gains the ability to control shit. 
Like, it has a little anthropomorphic pile of shit that can talk and walk and wear clothes and stuff like that that's, like, hanging out with her. And it is, it it makes you want to vomit. It is so fucking gross. gross. Like, it's gross. It's fucking disgusting. And, (laughs) and, I don't know, but it's definitively Aquafina's voice. You know, so it seems weird that she put it on that she could then voice act with it. I don't know, but then again, Tom Holland sounds like an American dude in real, you know, in the movies and in real life he sounds like a fucking nonce, like yeah, a little British. We should hang him, yeah, <laughs> get his ass. Um, I don't know. So like, what are we not like about? in a racist way. I, I guess my point is, is that it's weird, and maybe that's just New Zealanders not understanding American racism. That. Yeah. He's like, yes, yeah, Serena Williams, you only had to compete against women. And they're like, no, 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 we had to compete against white people. What are you? Like, that's our whole, that's what we had to do. We had to come in with people calling us gorillas and apes. Like, do you understand what that was about? Do you understand that context? Yeah. Um, I don't think she did. What, which, again, she maybe she orchestrated the entire Chris Rock thing <laughs> after she realized she had missed did that. Did that happen before and- or after? It'd be funny as shit if it happened after. Like remember. where people just I think like it was before because she already won the award because I I think I saw her win and then I stopped watching oh. and I missed the fucking Will Smith incident of course the fact that you were watching it all Jesus man what's wrong with you but uh, I don't know I was <laughs> watching all I cooked uh whatever I I uh, yeah um, don't bully me uh, <laughs> all right I don't know it's just such a funny thing I remember when the Williams sisters were coming on the scene. And there were people that just fucking hate. I, I almost wish I would. I almost kind of want to see King Richard because I want to see it. I was it looks cool. I was because there's a lot to it, and I, I almost. And I want to get to a conversation that I had with Missy, my wife, about this. You want to get to a conversation? You mean we're not even already having? Yeah, it? whatever. Yeah. Well, I, my point is like, <laughs> there's more. There's more to this. Okay. Okay. So good. the Serena Williams, obviously. Female tent. They obviously completely revolutionized women's tennis, and yeah. I don't think anyone's even come close since. Like there was obviously Kim Clijsters. There was obviously God. I'm God. Whoever the, the, the chick that married uh, Andre Agassi. Um, yeah, she was good too. But there was a, there was obviously the sport had its stars, and yeah. there's been a bunch of women tennis players who were great within their field. And I'll get to that later because tennis is obvious is often used as the poster child, ironically, for why we can't allow trans women into sports. Tennis is used as a prime example, and I'll get to that yeah. in a minute. Well, because of because of when they try to play men, there was a couple of battles versus the sexes and stuff like that. Blah 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 blah. But the Venus sisters are actually kind of famous. For ending that conversation, they did famously compete against men, and yeah. famously fucking got their asses kicked. So the fact by that, like a number five hundred or something, right? Yeah, yeah, by like some yeah. Oh, so you know exactly pretty much where I'm going with this. Then yeah. is that like you know? So they come on the scene. They obviously lift weights. They obviously take care of themselves. They obviously are not trying to play into this stereotype of like lazy high technique bull. Like women's tennis is pretty boring. Yeah, comparatively, it's not as fast paced. They don't well, hit as oh, hard, sure. fast. They don't have to react as fast. They just, they just are definitively and vastly statistically inferior to men's level of play at the sport. Yeah, that's not even I mean, a controversy. I, at, even before I was a fucking useless cripple, I wouldn't have stepped on a court with one of them, though. Yeah, <laughs> let's be clear. <laughs> you know? Like certainly better than you and me, you know. Um, yeah, by miles and all but the. I mean. 
when you narrow down that there's only 500 guys that can beat him, that's a, quite an accomplishment. Sure. 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 Yeah. It, it, sure. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, you know, my point is, is, like, is that they come on the scene, and to me, it was kind of like when, um, Joe DiMaggio, not Joe DiMaggio. Who are those two roid out dudes that dominated baseball for a while? Uh, Jose Canseco's one of them. Uh, the other. Mark McGuire. Mark McGuire and Barry Bonds. Derek Jeter. Not Derek Jeter per se, but those. Babe Ruth. <laughs> My point was is that when those guys came on the scenes, people talked about how it revolutionized the game. Like, yeah, like it was just drugs. Though. Yeah, just drugs. But my point was like they were talking about like how people would work out, play a game, and then go home and do strength training, and they would run compared to like Babe Ruth who would smoke and drink and then go up to the you know and then hit a home run. You know, like it just wasn't that level of competitive. People didn't treat the sport that competitively women's tennis was kind of like that you had the greats but they're all kind of thin and pretty and wearing their little skirts and they're playing and then here come the Williams sisters with fucking biceps just fucking dominating and they're dominating yeah. easily they're like oh you didn't do chin-ups this morning you fucking bitch i'm gonna fucking crush your ass i'm actually gonna do like running afterwards you know um yeah and McEnroe famously oh god he played bjorn bjorg that was his rival Right. Yeah. Bjorn Borg was also an athlete. He was one of the people that dominated the sport with his endurance. Where McEnroe was kind of like, I don't know, man, running that sounds dumb. I'm just gonna play the sport, and it's not really a sport meant for athletes. I don't think is tennis a sport meant for athletes. I don't you know. Like, <laughs> I don't care. It's like chess. Yeah, but a big, big you know, chess board. I'm just a fucking goofball. I don't care. You know, I, I, I play high technique. I'm not really concerned about endurance or strength training or whatever. So the women's sisters coming on and dominating. As black women, you know, with their big shoulders and their muscular backs, and their, they, they, they took a lot of heat and a lot of hatred and a lot of racism to get yeah. where they got, which I assume is part of the plot of King Richard, which kind of makes Will Smith look like a fucking punk for then going up and slapping Chris Rock. It's a fucking complex argument. Yeah. But they famously challenged, I think they said they would beat anyone in the top 200. That's the famous thing, is that they would be anyone in the top 200 of men's, and a guy who... I thought it was outside of the top 200 or something. Huh? Anyone outside of the top 200. Yeah, anyone outside the top 200. Yeah, yeah, that's clear. Yeah. Anyone outside of the top 200, they could beat. And then one guy who was at, like, 500 and, like, the, the, the low 500s, like 580 or something. Yeah, 576, yeah, I think. played them back-to-back and kicked both their asses. Like, he didn't even take a break in between. He's like, shut the fuck yeah, up. Yeah, didn't he, didn't he 6-0 both of them? I don't know if he 6-0'd. I don't I, know the rule. I think he did. I know he dominated. I don't think it was 6-0. It wasn't 6-0. I wouldn't remember that. I think it was like 6-2, 6 I mean, uh, if they're on their serve, you know, it, it's possible. Uh, I, don't think it was a, I don't think it was a clean wipe. It wasn't that embarrassing. But it still was, you know, back-to-back, took a snack. And he was like, I'm not even going to play not even going to play that good. I'm just going to kick your ass, you know. Um, allegedly, he sandbagged it, too. He's like, I'm not even going to play at my best. I actually woke up late today, but kicked their ass. So it, it it made an argument of the inferiority of women against men in tennis, which I don't think was ever really debated, but still. And then McEnroe, who famously played Bjorn Borg and was like, I don't really care about athletics, came up and was like, yeah, I mean, they're like 700-something maybe. And they're like, you don't think Venus and Serena Williams could be the top player in the world? He's like, no. Are you fucking stupid? Like, you know, I know how men hit. I know how they play. I don't think so. And he took a lot of heat for it. 
And like even the Venus sisters was like, no, he's right. You fucking because like um, people are trying to get them to play like Andy Murray and shit. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's let's correct the record real quick. Mm. The person they played, Karsten Brosh, was actually ranked two hundred three, so just outside of their two hundred limit. Mm. And he beat them six one six two. And after it, he said, "Yeah, you guys can't take on anyone above five hundred. All right, that's where it came from. Okay, because he said he said because I played like I was six hundredth just to make it fun. Mm. Yeah, but, I remember. I remember he like but, came out. But then, go ahead. In 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 reaction, they adjusted their number to three fifty. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't believe they've done it yet. And then no, later, well, now I mean, yeah. And then later, people were like, "Yeah, Venus or Serena, who's the better of the two? Serena, play Andy Murray, play Andy Murray." And Serena was like, "I will get my fuck. You want to see him crush me yeah, out there? That's stupid. Do you want to see yeah. him straight set six on me? Like, there is a difference in women's biology and men's biology. We cannot f- play the way they can play. You know, you've thrown in the towel in your sporting career when you marry the one Reddit guy that didn't have the courage to kill himself." <laughs> 